welcome to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am one half the team, as always, Kevin Coleman, and I'm joined on my podcast by my co-host, Jacob Dunn. Jacob, how is it going out there in Bronco land? Bronco land is great after we somehow got that win over the football team. Uh, you know, another team that the Broncos beat that were severely wounded and struggling. So that is just our MO. We just beat teams that are struggling and we lose to teams who have skill. So that's Denver Broncos for you, brother. <laughs> that. That is a different Broncos. Uh, <laughs> you're out there. It looks like you, you know, how do you feel about Vaughn leaving? That's your guy, right? It was sad, but I was happy for him because I know that the Broncos aren't doing anything this year and Vaughn still has some years left. And, you know, I think, I think that he can still be a game wrecker if he stays healthy. Now he is 32 years old. Uh, I thought that the Broncos got a great haul in return, you know, a second round pick and a third round pick. Whereas I thought a third round pick would just be a huge win for us. So a second and a third and to get to rebuild a little bit in the draft is a win-win for both because I think that Vaughn can help the Rams and the Broncos future is somewhat set. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, I think that was a good, a good deal from you. And I just got rid of your coach. Get rid of your coach yes. and yes. and draft Justin Fields. Oh shit! Wait, you can't oh, do that again. All right. Late. So uh, we are gonna we are gonna be going to be a little bit of recent news. Uh, you know, week eight, and then we're gonna do just something a little different today. We wanted to do a kind of a dynasty centric uh, show, and we're gonna be talking about. We took some uh, dynasty questions from the viewers, and just kind of from some of the people that follow us on Twitter and some other social media stuff, and just talk about dynasty. And I'm sure Jake will have some questions as well, and we'll kind of just we'll, we'll go through it. So let's get started. All right, so the big news, uh, and I know everything and their mother's talking about this, but we got to talk about it just for a little bit. Derrick Henry undergoes foot surgery. There's no timetable for his return right now. Um, who knows where he's going to go? We do know that he's not going to be a potential you know, fantasy asset right now. So we had to talk about kind of where does that replace with, with there. So we got McNichols, who is there. Uh, mm-hmm. You have Dar- Darrington Evans is someone I like. I'll talk about him. I've had him for a while, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And in our guy, Adrian Peterson, who, Jago, I think you're around my same age. We've been watching this guy play football for a very, <laughs> yep. very long time. He is yep. back. So, you know, overall, what is your opinion? How does this thing shake out? How, sh- how should we feel? They didn't make any moves at the deadline. No one did. So we know they're not bringing anybody else in. Like, what what is your opinion of this backfield? It is such a mess. Uh, first of all, Adrian Peterson is, is the priority add Um, but I don't have high expectations for him especially next week Um, I I think that it's going to be Jeremy McNichols backfield at least the majority of it this week Uh, but but as the weeks progress it's going to be just a timeshare between Jeremy McNichols and AP and that doesn't sound too appealing to me Uh, so I I'm personally not going to rush and spend a bunch of fab on AP uh, or even McNichols. Um, I would rather add McNichols for, you know, I would rather have that running back that's been with the Tennessee Titans all season, all off season, who knows the offense over an AP who is just coming in and assuming that Derrick Henry role, but we are just assuming that he does that, you know, like, who knows if he even gets 10 carries a game. Uh, So this is definitely a mess, you know, and everyone who is wondering, 
Darrington Evans is out for the for the remainder of the season. He was placed on yeah. IR last Friday. So it's just Mick Nichols and AP, which doesn't sound great. Uh, so I'm not I'm not spending up personally on either one. Uh, but McNichols is the guy in the short term. Now I'm curious, Kevin, do you have similar thoughts or are you all in on AP? Oh, I'm not all in on AP. <laughs> no, that's that is that is not a statement that you will ever hear me hear me make. Like I think he could. I think AP. Like realistically, if we're if we're being honest here, 50 yards and you hope he scores a touchdown. Sure. Right. I think that's right. kind of where you have there. I think yeah. McNichols plays a role. Like I I'm a Der- I'm a Derrick Henry owner in a league in a dynasty league of where I was competing. I have him, Aaron mm. Jones, and Barkley as my running backs, and I'm still competing. It's yeah. just – and, you know, Mc, McNichols is out there, and so like, and so is Peterson. I'm going after McNichols in my league there uh, just because I yeah. do think that he's going to get the short-term, hey, can he be that guy? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go after them, and, and, I, and I get that. I know they added Dante Freeman – or Foreman, excuse me. Okay. He's still out there. But I still think in PPR, McNichols is probably the ad to have. I, yeah. I would I would assume like that's the guy yeah. that I'm going to take after. And you know, if that's the case, that's the case. I'm just going to go there. I do, I do think this helps out Julio and AJ Brown, and yeah, I think absolutely. that they're going to throw. I think that's and I'm yeah. happy because I got AJ Brown everywhere. Love so it. I think that they are going to throw a little bit more. Uh, we'll talk about Tannehill a little bit in Dynasty. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, for me, perspective wise, I think McNichols is a fair ad. I don't mind Peterson if it's you know, if it's, if it's doable, if it's realistic. Okay. I, I do agree with that. So yeah, no, my mindset is like, Hey, you take a shot at McNichols, you hope yes. they have there, but I'm not expecting a lot from these guys. It's basically, if you have an injury, you can plug and play and can they get you 10 PPR points? And I think that you'd be happy with that. I mean, I had to start some bad starts last week with my running back. So my running backs are just decimated. So if you got to pick up some running backs to fill your two running back requirement, then McNichols would be the kind of guy I would lean towards love it love it i agree all right yeah so uh you like we said there's no trade deadline moves right now there was a uh, obj's dad got mad he didn't get moved uh you had some other wow. stuff going on we didn't see melvin gordon were you shocked that melvin gordon didn't get traded uh i was a little bit shocked uh just because a bunch of teams could use that veteran rb uh and i thought you know since since the broncos traded von miller why not just trade melvin gordon on the last year of his contract a 28 year old who's not a part of our future plans and let Javante Williams finally take over this backfield. That was the hope and the dream. And it made sense. But now that Melvin's staying, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a letdown. Uh, And I'm sure it's a letdown for all of you, Melvin fantasy managers who were hoping that he would go to the Titans and just, and just assume that three down role. Uh, So yeah, I think it's a bummer all the way around that he stayed here in Denver. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. Right? Javante uh, stands are very upset right now because yes. I think that he would have had a good second half that year. Yes. I'm surprised they didn't. You know, I'm surprised. I, I And I think uh, we don't have a question about this later. You know, Melvin Gordon's dynasty value is pretty low already, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to find a spot. Like, you know, I, I think that he, wherever he goes, I mean, mm-hmm. he could be there. Uh, and they could add some pieces there. I think he'll hurt someone's value somewhere he goes. I obviously you guys yes. not going to stay in Denver, uh, but you know, I thought it was interesting that he didn't move. Like I, I really was. I, I thought it was there. So, uh, mm-hmm. well, let's go through some winners and losers real quick of week eight, and we're going to just kind of look and go through it and talk about some guys. So, why don't we start with you, Jacob? All right, I got to start off with a loser this week, and unfortunately, his name is DeAndre Swift. <laughs> 
My goodness, man. He finished as the RB36 with 8.1 fantasy points in PPR leagues, which is good for a very bottom barrel, low end RB3. Uh, But Jamal Williams was a late scratch, and everyone and their mom assumed that DeAndre Swift was going to just carry the entire load and have an RB1 day, and it was like a set and forget. He's going to be an RB1 with all Mm -hmm. of his touches against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, but he turned 17 touches into just 51 yards and even lost a fumble to boot. All right, yeah. so uh, so for for a guy that we have been touting as a quarterback-proof RB1, RB2 each week, this was incredibly concerning. But lucky for Swift and the Detroit Lions, they're on a bye week this week. So hopefully <clears throat> head coach Dan Campbell can manufacture some touches or just think of some more creative ways to get swift the ball in space because he just he didn't have any space to move every time he got the ball it was either a one yard gain a no yard gain or a a one yard loss and it and it looked like complete garbage so let's hope the Lions take this bye week just to get swift right yeah I think there's a combination of things uh Goff is terrible so let's all be clear out there Goff is bad You know, Williams not playing. I think he plays a role. Like I think that Swift was used in a lot of different ways, different ways than he has this season. He he was using a lot of, um, you know, short yardage situations, but he was also just pounding up the middle. That's really not Swift's game. All, all of a sudden, they need to get him more to the outside. I do think there's some there's there were some game script problems there. I don't know if they thought Williams maybe was going to play a little earlier or whatever the case may be, and it just definitely didn't get out of the right start. I. I, I will say it sucks. Like as a Swift guy, it definitely hurt me in some leagues. I put up some some really bad uh, scores this week uh, in a couple oh, of man. leagues that I had Swift because it was just hey, you know, it is what it is. But I, I do still think in his value. I think he's still very valuable. I do think that he has he has that potential there. Uh, yeah. So I, I like that. So for me, um, yes, yeah, Swift's there. We're still buying into him. Uh, he's still yeah. a top twelve guy. He'll be all yes. right, uh, and we're gonna go there. So all right, well, let's go to mine. Uh, one of my winners is Justin Fields. So, you know, for me, Justin Fields has been up and down, as we know. Uh, we, yes. We've seen we've seen it happen. But, hey, any I, here's the thing. Here, here's some advice for everybody out there. If Matt Nagy is not calling plays, is not on the sideline, you start Justin Fields. That's just, oh, how, that, yep. just how it has to work. I, I love is. the quote from Nagy saying, oh, we got to figure out how to play like we did last week and what was the difference. It was you, bro. You weren't on the yeah. sideline. Uh, but, you know, I liked what he did last week. 26 point fantasy points. He, he had 103 yards rushing. That's his mm, – if he can – you saw what they were able to do. Get him on the outside, run, make those decisions, and increase things with your legs. He can do that. And he had that touchdown, that great yeah. touchdown run. He also had 175 yards passing and a touchdown. He did throw an interception, but he looked a lot better this week. And so I'm just going to give him a shout-out as like, hey, he looked good. I don't know how many people had actually started him, but he looked good. Yeah, go figure. You get You get Justin Fields out in space – rolling out he's going to make plays either with his arm or his legs more often than not in his rookie year it's going to be with his legs so yes coach matt Nagy, the problem is you bro oh my goodness actually cater your offense to your first round pick that you stole from the denver broncos who willingly gave you justin fields on a silver platter yet you're not using him the right way and now it takes a different coach with a mindset of you know what? I'm going to use Justin Fields' strengths. 
And yeah. they did. And look what it turned into 26 fantasy points over a hundred yards rushing, which is his specialty. I mean, he is mobile and he has an arm. Just wait until he gets that chemistry with Darno Mooney and a Rob. I think that he can be close to a league winner. Now I want to see this happen again before I fully trust him. Uh, but this is a very promising sign for redraft leagues who have Justin Fields and, and dynasty managers who have him. Yeah, no, I think it is right. Like, and I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see him, him grow. And that he was one of the reasons why he was one of my biggest buys recently. in a fantasy pros article that I wrote, I did like two weeks ago. I was like, Hey, now's yep. the time go get him. Like Let's go get him now and, and attack. And I think some people did. So I was a big fan of that. All right. Who, who's another guy that you got, you have on here or guys, right, so- my bad. Yes, it's guys. So I lumped these guys together because I was impressed by them. And that's Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. All right, both Cowboys wide receivers finished inside the top 20 this week without Dak Prescott. All right, that's a testament to Cooper and Lamb, but also props to Cooper Rush for holding down the fort for our Cowboy wideouts, Kevin. All right, Cooper finished as the wide receiver five this week and Lamb finished as the wide receiver 17. Uh, and Kevin, I'm not sure if you heard, but CD lamb tried to talk Amari Cooper into letting him score that game winning touchdown, um, at the end. Yeah. I saw Um, saw that. Yeah. 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 That's hilarious. You know, like lamb lamb obviously couldn't change Amari's mind as Cooper rush found Amari Cooper on a gorgeous throw to win the game in the back of the end zone. I mean, that was a thing of beauty. I was like, who just threw the ball? Cooper rush. Like that was an insane. That was an insanely good throw. Um, but also the Vikings botched that game. But the Cowboys went on the road without Dak Prescott and stole that win. Kevin, this just seems like a season of destiny for your Cowboys. What do you think? Uh, yeah. No, I, we, you know, I have a buddy, and he's one of my best friends that we work together, and his name is Tony. And he listens to our pod. He's a good guy. I, I like him a lot. And uh and it's funny, we're both Dallas fans, and we both cry all the time because we say, hey, it's always something. Injuries, it's always yeah. something. Drop balls, it's always something to catch. It does seem like this year we're kind of the team of destiny. And I say that very loosely because the NFC is stacked. But mm-hmm. you know what? These things usually don't go the Cowboys' way, right? Like, you, right. You, you, they don't. And they look great. And I wish that CD would have been able to talk Cooper into it because I needed him for my fantasy team. But I would say, like, <laughs> as far as the game, I loved it. I love every second of it. I actually lost the matchup because the guy had Cooper. But it doesn't matter to me because okay. we won. And right. to me, it's all about my NFL team. But, you know, that was a, that was a lot of fun there. And I think that's a great – That's a, he, Cooper can do those things. I just think yeah. that he disappears for fantasy perspective sometimes, and it's like that. Yeah. If you don't think that the Rams didn't trade for Von Miller in hopes to slow down the Cowboys offense, then you are fooling yourself. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. No, no, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I'm a big fan of that. And I think I, I, Cedric Wilson too. I've talked about him here before. Yeah. And I've said, you know, like I know Gallup's coming back soon. He's going to have a role though. Cause he's pretty, he's good. And I think that yeah. he's going to get that feel. He's going to get those targets. So a uh, big fan of that. Now uh, what I'll do is, uh, you know what? I'm going to talk about Michael Carter and you know, he's going to be on one of my articles this week uh, for fantasy pros. And I'm saying sell the shit out of Michael Carter. So mm-hmm. he had a great, he had a great game. And so don't get me wrong there against a 
a pretty good defense uh, and, and what we think of a pretty good defense uh, it was Cincinnati. Of course, Cincinnati lost to the Jets. That's just the only Cincinnati thing to do there. Uh, but when you're looking at what they, what he did on the field and what he was able to do with Mike White, a quarterback, you know, he had 77 yards of touchdown. He had 95 yards receiving. He had 32 fantasy points. Uh, and in the previous week, because of his targets he got in there against New England, he had 16 fantasy points. So yeah. Michael Carter's not been playing terrible. Uh, and I think based on where you drafted him, he should be okay, pretty happy with what he did. Uh, now, I'm still, though, under the – I think he's okay. I don't think that he's a real – I don't know if he's a real dynasty asset to have. I think he's a running back three with running back two upside sometimes, if depending right. on the game script in there. So if you can maybe get something more for him now based on what he's doing, to me, he's a sell. But I do want to say good job to Michael Carter being who he is and basically having a great week, and especially if some dynasty owners out there started him. But I still, to me, I still think that he's a sell. Yeah, everybody, listen who has him in dynasty, sell him. Take Kevin's advice and sell him and get that coin. All right, and, and in redraft... I would say sell as well because Michael Carter's only getting all this run and all these targets because of Mike White. And Zach Wilson is aiming towards week 10, which is in two weeks. So once Zach Wilson comes back, there might not be that many targets for a Michael Carter. Now, perhaps they cater the offense around that and say, hey, this is working. Zach Wilson, stop making those dumb mistakes and just start dumping it off and let and let. Michael Carter do his thing. Now that is the hope, but you need to cash in on that huge week in redraft and dynasty. So sell Michael Carter now and get that coin. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think that's a, and you know, it's funny as I looked it up in the recent deals for Michael Carter, uh, someone traded Michael Carter straight up for Justin Fields last month. So October like 20th and so this, two week, in a super flex league. In a Superflex Dynasty, okay. Yeah, so if that was the price of Justin wow. Fields. If you could have wow. got Justin Fields for that, I, again, that's why a couple <laughs> weeks ago I said, hey, there's an opportunity out there. Now it's not. It's closed. It goes quick. And so you got you to gotta hop on those things. If you were the one who traded Michael Carter for Justin Fields, we want to personally invite you on this show <laughs> and ask you how you did it because that yeah. is crazy. That's, in, that's incredible. Uh, all right, so uh, the last, basically the last, you know, however long this takes, what we wanted to do is go through some dynasty questions and, you know, I play a lot of dynasty out there and I do have a lot of questions there. I know Jacob plays dynasty too. So we're going to get into him. Uh, and, and we'll talk about these questions that we have from people. So let's, let's get into dynasty questions. Let's do it, man. Let's jump over to it. All, All right. right, go ahead. You can, you're, you're leading the show. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Uh, the first dynasty question for you here, Kevin, is Ryan Tannehill a big downgrade without having the threat of Derrick Henry in the backfield? Yeah, so Ryan Tannehill is a guy that, you know, when we're looking at what Tannehill is, and he had, he until a couple of weeks ago, people were really worried about him um, in terms of fantasy perspective and how he did. I even said he could go down as one of the biggest kind of bust, value busts that we've seen. Uh, and just because of he, he wasn't playing well, you saw what he had. He had the interceptions and he only had one game. They scored more than 20 points. And that was week three up until week seven. So in week seven, we saw him have 20 fantasy points. And then week eight, we saw him have 23 last week. He did throw two interceptions. He's thrown seven interceptions already. And he has 10 touchdowns on, on through the air. Right. But I think that this doesn't hurt him. Now, I know that having Henry back there changes things, but this is going to change game script. So <laughs> if we're thinking like as a quarterback, 
this is going to hurt him a little bit just because I think that he's going to be – the threat of Henry is not going to be there. You're not going to see as many guys in the box. That means he's got to open up. But I do think it will help him because I think it's going to open up the offense. I think they're going to have to get creative and use the receivers in different ways. I think they're going to use McNichols in different ways and through the receiving game. So I actually think they're going to – I think he's, I think he's a low-end QB, QB1 now, right? I couldn't agree more, Kevin. This is going to sound weird, but I see the absence of a Derrick Henry as a huge upgrade for Tanhill. Yeah. So I I agree with you. The Titans are no longer a running team. All right. They can't be. All right. You can't be a running team with a 36-year-old AP and a Jeremy McNichols. All right. This will be a pass happy team, which benefits Tannehill. And like you said, AJ Brown and Julio. Big time. All right. If Tannehill is floating on any of your wires, I would snatch him up in a hurry because I agree with you, Kevin. Tannehill is a quarterback one the rest of the way. So Tannehill is getting powered up for the rest of the season. No, no. I, you know, I agree. I think that I, I like that area. And I, and I, and usually, you know, when we talk about this, like I just think from a fantasy perspective, it's, he's going to score 20 points. Right. Like, I think that's his that's his floor. And with his floor where it's at, the QB market where it's at. Hey, whatever. I'll take 20 points. He scores a touchdown. And I think he can get some rushing touchdowns. He's already scored three this year. So now you're going to see that rushing upside go up. I I don't think it hurts Tannehill's value at all. I think it actually helps it. And I think that we're going to see an upgrade to his value that if you have to, you could get rid of him later in the season. 100 percent, Kevin. All right. Next question. (laughs) Assuming you have both on your team, would you trade? Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers, or would you hold on to both and see what happens next year? Yeah, so this is a this is a tough one. I so so when I'm looking at this, like I liked Henderson coming out, and I and I still like Henderson coming out. So to me, it's I think you have to hold now if you're a contender and you feel like you're got your step away and you can do it and you can move Akers. I think you could try to move Akers. I think the problem is, is like, what are you getting back for him right. in terms of that? Can you do it? So, and I, so what I did for this, I looked and I, and I looked at the rosters and what they have. So again, if you have both on your roster, depending on where you are at, if you're not contending, here's what Henderson is going for right now recently. So you could get Chris Carson, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and Terrace Marshall for Henderson. Depends on what you think of CH. I wouldn't do this right. deal because I don't think CH is that good. I think Carson is overrated and, that, and he's always injured. And in Marshall has you, well, I don't know what's going on in Carolina. <laughs> so there's yeah. that. Darren yeah. Henderson also went for a first and a second next year. I wouldn't, if I'm rebuilding and you can get a first for Daryl Henderson, that's my base. You have to get a first though. Like if you're going to move Daryl Henderson, I want a, a first, preferably early first, if you're trying to find a yeah. right back. Yeah, see, yeah, see, I was going to preface that. What if it's like a contending team who wants to sell their first and second? So, you know, it's going to be like like a later, like a later pick and then a later pick in the second round. Would you do that or try to hold out hope for like an earlier first? I would hold out and try to get an earlier first. I, I don't see that. And, and, and when you think of it, like Henderson's value is only going to go up, in my opinion, based on how he's playing and everything. There's really no change there in terms of like, unless he gets injured. But as far as that, I can't predict injuries. But just to put it in perspective, like a week, two weeks ago, his value was basically he got traded straight up from Michael Gallup. Whoa. LaVisca Chanel. Like, and seconds. Yeah. So we've fast forward two weeks. Now he's already worth a first. So in mm-hmm. my opinion, if yeah. you can get a first, that's a 
clearly a top six first. If you think that is in there, maybe there's a contender with multiple firsts and they're looking for assets. Maybe. Um, but I wouldn't sell for anything under a first if you can. If you're gonna if you can hold them, that's fine because I think he still provides value over the summer because people don't know what's gonna happen with acres. And yeah. so if he still his value is gonna hold based on acres injury. No one knows what acres injury is gonna and if they try to tell you they know, they're full of crap. They don't know what that injury is gonna look like. Uh yeah, but Acres is a tough one. Okay, uh, do you have any Acres on your teams? I do. I have one on my rebuilding dynasty team that I was forced to rebuild because I have uh, Deshaun Watson and then uh, that's right. and then Cam Acres. So um, I have been approached uh, to try to pry Cam Acres away from me, but what I'm getting is like a second round pick in 2024. It's like like these picks that won't help me when I assume that when Watson comes back and acres comes back next year, I'm going to compete. So I'm being offered this garbage now. And it's like, I'm not getting the value that I think that acres is worth right now. Why would I settle when I know that I can compete next year? Yeah, no, I agree. And that's how I feel about this question. Like, I think that you hold on to both and see what happens, in my yeah. opinion. I, I mean, assuming, you know, where you're at as a team, if you can get a first. Like, when I was going through Acres trade value, you know what? If you could get a first for Acres, yeah. I feel like you have to do it. And people are still giving up first for Acres. So, like, okay. there are people out there. I don't know about your leagues. My leagues definitely are. I play in some pretty competitive leagues. They're not giving up a first. But right. I saw a 2023 first go for Acres. If you can get a 2023 first, do it. I would I would do that as well, just because you, Kevin, have been saying that the class of 2023 is strong. Yeah. So if if I could somehow pull that off, I would definitely do that. Yeah. And and you and if you can do that, then you're good. But other deals I've seen him go for, like David Montgomery. I don't want David Montgomery for acres. I like David Montgomery, but I feel like that's a lateral move. If I'm going to make a lateral move, I don't want to go there. And and a recent one that just happened is Trey Sermon and a first, a 2022 first. I, okay. You know, you're getting Sermon. I know he hasn't looked, you know, I don't know what's going on, but you're getting a first. You get an asset plus a right. first, depending on where your roster's at. I don't hate it. I don't I don't hate that move there. And personally, what I from my experience, what I'm doing right now is I am competing for the sixth place in the league I lost Akers Dobbins in. I'm still trying to try to make the playoffs because I'm just I, I like to compete. I hate losing, and so I'm I'm trying to get in there. But for me, Acres is not worth it for me. If I'm borderline, I'm going to keep them and yeah. hold them. Hope that value improves. And so I think both of these guys, unless you're really really out of it and you can get a first for Henderson or you can get a first for Acres, I think you got to hold. Yeah, and I've been hearing that head coach Sean McVay has said that Cam Acres could come back for the playoffs which is absolutely insane i don't believe it but I, don't, yeah, just, I don't think that but but just to know that he is progressing in his rehab that much you know and cam Akers has been very has been very public with his rehab videos on instagram and stuff like that like he looks good he is rehabbing he is working his tail off and he's only 22 years old like he's going to come back next year now i don't know to what capacity but his value isn't dead all right he is worth a first and what kevin has been saying he has been going for some first round picks okay his value is at least a first all right and if you can get a 2023 first that's what kevin would say to 
settle with because that's a very strong class. If it's a 2022 first, then maybe have an extra pick next to that. Is that right, Kevin? Yeah. I mean, if, if you can get that or some type of asset with him, and I, I'm solid with that. As far as the running backs go next year, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, uh, Isaiah Spiller are probably going to be your top three. You have Kyron Williams in there. But after the top two, in my opinion, it gets kind of like, I don't know necessarily it's going to be based on draft capital in there. Like, yeah. again, if you're trading for first right now, they don't have a ton of value just because people are going for it. But you can still kind of it, it's weird. You could still probably make some moves and try to grab them. Um, and, and so, you know, to me, unless you can do it, unless you can get that first that you really think is valuable in the top six and I'm going to hold. Right on. Right on. I agree. All right, so let's move on to the next question. How how do we feel about Calvin Ridley in a dynasty league? Now, I wanted to just preface this, Kevin, really quick. Uh, prayers up for Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know, like mental health is nothing to mess around with. Uh, and what's crazy is that Calvin Ridley is on the last year of his deal. Like he's working towards a mega deal next year. So to do this in a season with so much stake at hand for his future and his future finances, that just means that he needs this. Like the man Calvin needs to take a break. He needs to step aside. So I just want to say prayers are for Calvin. uh, And we really hope that he gets back on the field sooner than not, but take care of yourself first. Yeah, no, you're, you're hundred percent correct there in terms of just like, I, I tweeted this out recently, and when I when I when I heard the news, um, I'm old now though, so like I, I look at perspectives a little different. Like this, I think when I was younger, I'd be mad, right? Like, oh, what the yeah. hell are you talking about? And, and yeah. me and Jacob, we grew up a different time. Um, you know, I was told suck it up a lot. I was right. told, hey, like I didn't have, you know, we didn't have those outlets like these guys do. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when I teach kids and I also coach kids, I do both and. I will say athletes, they struggle with mental health in different ways. Uh, I, I will say they have a lot of pressure put on them. NFL to high school. I, I coach and teach high school. And I see it. And, you know, and it hurts me to see it. these kids. Like, they put a lot of pressure on themselves at school, relationships, friends, sports. And then what I, the one thing I said is I got asked by somebody about this, about Calvin, after I said, hey, you know, I see it. They tend to hide it. And then, they, then it's too late. And then they really have some issues. The thing about athletes, and I, as I played sports and I did the same thing, when I was going through rough patches, sports to me was an outlet. So mm-hmm. like when I was going through that, and I used sports to try to like uplift me, but the problem is, is like when you do that and you don't perform, then it's even worse. And you get right. into one thing that you had feels like it's been taken away from you. And I think that's what's going on with Calvin is where he hasn't been playing great. We've seen that whatever is going on in his personal life, that's his personal life, but he doesn't have that outlet anymore. He hasn't been really playing. Now maybe he's not playing well because it's so it is bad and he's got to take care of it, which he needs to do. Uh, And I hope he gets the help for, but I just, I I feel bad for these guys, you know, uh, they're young kids. And even if they're in, they're like Calvin, Calvin's still young, 26, 27 year, year old kid, young man. And then you have like the high school kids that I coach and I see it and it tears them apart. And I see that, I see that problems with it. So, you know, for me personally, I just hope that he has that as far as a dynasty perspective, yeah, you, you know, it's hard. This one's hard. Uh, I was thinking about it because it, it can be very challenging to talk about uh, when he's going through this, but he's not retired. 
Like he's not, he hasn't said he's going to retire. He hasn't said that. I mean, sure. Andrew Luck did it and we saw that and we've seen this in the past. I don't think he will. I think that he has that value where you're like, Hey, he's not going to retire. I don't think you move him If you have him. I have Calvin Ridley all over in dynasty. I have him in a lot of my dynasty teams. Uh, but right now, based on where he's going for, I don't think you can move him. Like I've seen like recent trades, Jamison Crowder in a second. Ugh. That's disgusting. Yeah. Like that's to me, like that's just not, that's just not fair uh, for that area. Like you hold on to him. I saw Tyler Boyd uh, in a second. Still yuck. You can't do that for Calvin Ritter right now. You're not selling him. I think that if you, if you want to buy, if you want to go out there and you believe in his talent and you feel like, Hey, he can be that guy for you. I think he can, I, but I, you might not be getting back this season. So you, that's one of those things we're just going to have to hold. But to me, I'm holding him if I own him. And if I if I want to go grab him and I think, hey, I believe in his talent, he'll be back. If I can give up Jamison Crowder in a second for freaking Calvin Ridley, I'll do it. Yeah, 100%. Like, I am in a rebuild myself. Perhaps I will float an offer or I will talk to the guy. Just because like, I don't want to float an offer uh, that is, you know, that is going to upset the person because – Perhaps that person uh, who has Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, is like, no, I'm going to hold on to him. He is still a wide receiver one. Uh, I I am going to wait it out. And if I were to offer Jamison Crowder and a second in a normal league, it would get shot down and he would send me a DM being like, what are you doing? Like, do you think that little of me? Like, you know, like I would definitely engage with that person and see what his thoughts are. Now that's just me. Like, you know, like I would be willing to sell like, you know, like one of my competing wideouts. That's like a wide receiver three, four, uh, and like a second round pick or something like that for Calvin, you know, like to see if that's, you know, but that person who has Calvin probably, uh, will, will accept a lesser deal if it helps them. And they are in a competing mode. I wouldn't even try if it's like, one of the last place teams and they aren't even competing because it's like, well, I'm not competing anyway. I can afford to wait. Right. Uh, So yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tricky situation, but if you're trying to sell Calvin Ridley, don't expect a huge haul back because you're only selling him in the first place because you're worried yourself, you know, and you know, like everyone's a little bit worried, you know, like Kevin has confidence that he'll come back, you know, like that's exactly what my gut says too. Uh, But you know, sometimes, sometimes, Sometimes players do pull an Andrew Luck, uh, a Patrick Willis, a Justin Smith, you know, and like they just retire in their prime. You know, it just it happens. You never know. So uh, that's that's all I have to say about it, whether you want to get Calvin Ridley or whether you want to sell. Yeah. And I think. Yeah. No. And and it just prayers up to him. I think that he'll be all right if you get his mentals figured out and uh, hopefully come back and just play the game and probably a game that he's grown up on. So, yeah. But other than that, the prices just aren't there to sell. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's jump to our next question here. Should quarterback always be the one oh one in a super flex one quarterback rookie draft? Okay, so should quarterbacks always be the 101 in a super flex and or a one quarterback rookie draft in the past that is a rule i would go by but this upcoming class i am unsure if i would want to go with a quarterback and rather take a chance on some of the quarterbacks that may fall later so kevin it's always like an understood like you should take a quarterback if it's a super flex league 
right? But this quarterback class I've been hearing is complete garbage. So can you shed some light and educate us on what we should be doing in our rookie drafts in super flex leagues? So, okay. So first I, I want to preface this by saying like the, the, the class is not garbage. So the, uh, um, I know that people are saying it is no, no, it's fair because people are saying that it yeah. is. And, and, I will say that there are a lot, there's a lot more question marks uh, and there's a lot of question marks in terms of like, where are they going? Right. And, and we're talking about like, uh, right, right now, I guess Malik Willis might be up there for some people. He's okay. not my quarterback one. Sam Howe might be up there for people. Matt Corral is there for people like myself. I like Matt Corral a lot, but it does get kind of mm-hmm. iffy. Like, you know, you know, Kenny Pickett is moving up on some board. Carson Strong. Even Desmond Ritter is getting a little bit of noise. Like there are, it's going to be interesting to see where these guys get drafted. Yeah. So while I don't know, it, I really this is a hard question for me because it really comes down to how you build your roster. And if if you if you need a quarterback, and I was going through the team, so I wanted to do this with you, okay. uh, and I and I should have should have done a little pregame work, but you know I'm lazy. So I when I was looking at the teams, yeah, right. of all, so that's if we look at all the 32 teams. So the Cardinals, they don't need a quarterback. We know that Baltimore's good. Atlanta, are they going to need a quarterback next year? Maybe. Matt Ryan's still under contract. So, and I think it's a ton of dead money, like okay. almost like 23 million or whatever the contract is there. So, so maybe. So let's just say they, let's say maybe, right? Yeah. Carolina. Ooh, probably <laughs> if they don't get Watson, right? I think, you know, maybe, right? Depending on how this, this season goes out with Darnold. Right. Yeah. Right. We know Buffalo and Cincinnati don't need it. Cleveland, are they going to get a new quarterback with this contract thing with Baker? You think they're going to sign Baker and they're good? I think they will. He's a gamer, you know, and they they love him out there. So, nah. So, Chicago's good. Dallas is good. Denver. Denver needs a quarterback. Yes, they do. 100%. Detroit, 100% needs a quarterback. So, that's what? One, two now. Uh, I'm I'm relying on you to count. Let's say four. Remember that number, Jacob. Four. four. Houston needs a quarterback. Yes. Five. Okay. Then you could keep going down. Is Green Bay going to need a quarterback? Mm, Is Aaron Rodgers going to leave? No, no. I think that they, I think that the Packers like Jordan Love as their future. Okay, so then maybe they don't need a quarterback, but they're going to move on. So that means Aaron Rodgers is going to go somewhere. So right. then Indianapolis does Indianapolis take a shot? Wins is playing a little bit better. Do they need a quarterback? That's dicey. They might take one later, but probably not. Minnesota needs a quarterback next they year. Yes, they do. New so. Orleans might need a quarterback next year. I think so. Eight. Do the Raiders need a quarterback or do they are content oh, with Carr? Man, I don't think they're content with Carr. I think they will take a shot on someone. Okay. The Giants. They need a quarterback. Sorry, Danny Dimes. <laughs> the Eagles. Uh oh man, that is so tough, but probably, right? Probably, maybe. Miami too. If, yeah. Let's hit maybe Tua. So now we're getting into this. San Francisco, probably not. Mm-hmm. New England, probably not. Seattle might be in if, if Russell decides to leave. Then we're looking at this. The Jets, God knows what's going on right now with the Jets. I know. Who knows what's happening there? So Tampa, Maybe. is Brady going to retire or is he coming right. back another year? Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Washington needs a quarterback. And then you have yeah. Tannehill. So when right. you look at the landscape of the quarterback situation, right. there's going to be a ton of movement across the board. That's so, at least half the league is either a maybe or absolutely. It's around 12, right? 12 or yeah. 13 teams. And you're going to see some guys move. So realistically, you're looking at 
Darnold, Jared Goff, and I even heard Trubisky might get a Nethers shot. Wow. So when you're talking about those guys getting moved and you have your rookie quarterbacks here, I think based on the positional need, I think that you're probably going to have to take a quarterback at the 101, depending yeah. on what your roster looks like and that type of issues. Now, I will say this is that in the next year's class, you know, to me, I don't think there's a clear cut 101 of this class. I think it kind of depends. Uh, like when you're looking at like Spiller Hall, if you need a running back, Wide receivers, yeah. I love Burks and Wilson, but those aren't one-on-one guys to me. Like, mm. oh, yeah, they're going to transform my dynasty team. There's not a tight end out there that's like, wow, it's there. I think based on need and positional need, you're probably going to have to draft a quarterback. But I don't hate it. Like, I don't hate – I don't actually go in with that rule of drafting a quarterback. And one quarterback leagues, no, I don't draft one. I don't no. draft quarterback in one quarterback leagues. Uh, but in a super flex, I tend to always lean there because the value – just listen to all those teams we mentioned. No matter what the value is going to be there, no matter what Zach Wilson's value is still going to go up. I know he's not playing well right now, but right. based on what you just heard, there's not enough quarterbacks to fill these teams. So right. a quarterback's value goes up. How many running backs have we seen their value just decimate this season already? Like, um, look at all these guys. Even David Montgomery, poor guy right. got hurt. And now they're talking about Khalil Herbert being the next GOAT, right? Like, in his value. Boom, done. You still hear, like, oh, well, Wilson's going to start in two weeks. There's a reason because quarterbacks are are important okay and forever nice story of taylor heineke there let's be real they're not nfl starting caliber quarterbacks week to week like that's a whole different thing so Mm -hmm. i feel like you always got to go to quarterbacks and super flex leagues because they hold their value yeah yeah i agree 100 percent so that was a long answer but i wanted to go through the teams because i thought it was i thought it's an interesting kind of way to work it it was a good one man uh all right so let's jump to our next question here All right, so how are you valuing Mike Williams in trades, knowing that the Chargers likely won't extend him, but also his rest of season value is higher than his market value currently? Yeah, Mike Williams is a tough one. And uh, we've been mentioning him ever. Everybody says to sell high, but nobody's buying high. Uh, And I think that's a problem. I think we've seen some problems with Herbert. And so I I do have seen that. He's been like the, I believe he's the 31st worst quarterback right now, DVOA through the last two weeks. So... He has not looked good, and I think that's kind of affected Mike Williams. Yes. I, I love this question, and it's from one of my friends, Christian Williams, a very smart guy, and he talks about this. Um, to me, it, he's such a volatile as- asset because he's probably not going to get extended by the Chargers. If he does, that's great. I don't know if he is. And if he goes somewhere else, can he be a clear wide receiver too anywhere else? And I think that's the value of him on the Chargers is that you know he's the clear wide receiver too. I just don't know what you're getting for him. I still don't know. Now, I did see a trade that I really liked. Mike Williams for Brian Edwards, a 2023 first. Okay. That's the stuff that you're going after. If you can do that kind of stuff and get Mike Williams for that. I did see a Travis Etienne straight up for Mike Williams deal. Okay. I like that deal as well. Like if you want a running back, you believe ETN is going to come back from that. That's Frank. So I, to me, I am, I'm valuing him high. As far as if you want to get rid of him, you need to get rid of him in the next three or four weeks because he's not going to get extended. And I don't think his market value will get, get as high as he is right now. And you might have to dip a little bit based on his value right now, but I still think that you trade him now. If you feel like you're not contending. Now, if you're contending, you ride this thing out. I, to yes. me, he's a ride me out asset. Can he win me in the playoffs? Yes. Yes. I mean, he's 27 years old. So to get that 2023 first round pick is solid. Uh, Now, 
like you've been preaching, Kevin, wide receivers have a much longer shelf life than running backs. Like they can be fantasy relevant from the time they come to the league at 23 until they're 30, even plus with some, right? So Mike Williams could have some value for the next three years. Uh, we just don't know where he's going to be next year. So that's a little bit scary. And plus we haven't talked about it, but Justin Herbert has been struggling because he's faced two salt, two solid defenses back to back in a row with the Baltimore Ravens and the new England Patriots. All right. Those, those are veteran defenses who have baffled Herbert the past two weeks. Uh, and then next week they face the Phil, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think if you were to try to sell Mike Williams now, it, I don't think that you'll get fair market value based on the last two games. But if you wait until next week when they face the Eagles, which should be a better game for Herbert and Williams alike, and then the week after that, they face the Minnesota Vikings, who have been giving up points to everyone. So I think that the time to sell, if you're going to sell them, either in redraft or in dynasty, is probably after the Vikings game in week 10 when he probably goes off because everyone does against the Vikings. Uh, you know, so, uh, Mike Williams is tricky. This is, this is super tricky. I sold him right before the season started along with Robert Woods, uh, for AJ Brown. Um, you know, I wanted to get off the Mike Williams train as you know, Kevin, because he's always dealt with injuries. Well, he's healthy this year and he's a monster. Uh, for me, he's always a ticking time bomb, and I've said that a few times. Uh, I just don't know when he's going to get hurt again. Uh, but he has burned me a few times because he stayed healthy, and he's a monster. So I would definitely wait until he goes off again to try to trade him if you're going to. But like you said, if you are a contending team with Mike Williams, ride it out and try to get that championship. Yeah, no, I think you have to, right? And I think you just go there and, and you ride it out and you go, and it, he's a clear wide receiver too. I mean, and a Chargers yeah. offense is going to figure it out, and they're competing yes. for that title. So I, I do think that. But if you, if this is the time to load him. If you, if you have him, this is the time. Right on. Okay. All right. Next question. How are you valuing Chris Evans long term now? For those of you who don't know, Chris Evans is <laughs> running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I'm sure all you dynasty buffs are yelling at your radio, being like, of course we know who Chris Evans is. Uh, so, Kevin, how are you valuing him long term? I mean, he's okay. I, I, as a Michigan fan, I've watched Chris Evans. I'm not valuing him as anything more than like a, if he's going to be relevant, it's going to be in PPR formats. And, you know, he hasn't played the last games. We've seen that. And I, I I don't value him very high. I'll be honest. Like, I think he's a, he's a PPR play sometimes. Uh, and he, but he's clearly just like, I don't know. I, I don't want to disrespect Giovanni Bernard, but he's like Giovanni Bernard, super light Giovanni Bernard. Like I'm not actually stepping in now. If you get some run, he's fine, but he's an injury dependent back. Yeah. 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 I mean, isn't this the case for all backup running backs? Like if you are a backup running back, you really don't have any fantasy value apart from an injury to the starter. So Chris Evans is already 24 years old. All right. And he, and he is a rookie and he was taken in the sixth round. So, so it's not like the Bengals spent uh, like high draft capital on him. Now he has athleticism uh, for days, but you know, I mean, I think, I think this is the case with any other running back. If he is as value, uh, he he is as valuable uh, as any other stud RB, their backup. So Chris Evans is very valuable to the Joe Mixon manager. You know, yeah. Uh, 
Jeremy McNichols was very valuable to the Derek Henry manager and so on and so forth. Just their handcuffs, you know, if you will, or their insurance policy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, he doesn't have much value apart from an injury. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm a jaded Michigan fan right now. So that's also playing my role into this a little bit. Jaded Michigan fan. Go blue. <laughs> um, all right. So next question. Would you say Alvin Kamara for Deontay Johnson and two first round picks to the currently undefeated Henry manager is a good deal. I'm hard rebuilding. <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm hard rebuilding. Like but, uh, <laughs> would you say Kamara for Deontay Johnson two first to the currently undefeated Henry owner is a good deal? I think so. Yeah. I, you know, if you're going to sell for Kamara right now, if you're hard rebuilding, whatever that means, uh, I would, if you can get two first and Deontay, a wide receiver one who I think can be, and he's putting up wide receiver one numbers every week. I mean, I think he's averaged 18 fantasy points every week. He's played the last seven or six weeks. I think I saw that stat somewhere today. Uh, I have to look at it, but he's, he's up there. He's putting up low end wide receiver one numbers and you yeah. get two first. And that's how what I do when I'm rebuilding, I'm looking young wide receivers, and then I'll use the draft picks either this year or next year on running backs. And that's how I build out. And that's how I think you should build out. So you get a young wide receiver who I don't, I think he's quarterback proof. I big Ben, whoever it's not going to be there. They'll throw whoever's in there. They're going to get a quarterback somewhere. Sure. Uh, so give me, give me that Deontay Johnson two first. I think that's a fair deal. Yeah. Now, well, as I was going to ask you, if you got that, if you're the Henry owner and you yeah. just lost him, but you're undefeated, I think you have to take that right to try to win. Yes, 100%. I mean, you're going from Henry to another top three RB1 the rest of season. I mean, that's yeah. that that is a great deal. Uh, and I assume that you'll be all right at wide receiver if you lose a Deontay Johnson. All right. Like the picks here, if you are a contending team. The trade or the draft picks are tradable. I assume that the undefeated team, it's their 2022 first round and their 2023 first round pick, which could be late, but at least you're getting that Deontay Johnson, that known, known commodity at 25 years old. He still has at least five years of prime left and two first round picks who could definitely turn into something. That's definitely a fantastic trade, especially if you're hard rebuilding, (laughs) you know, like, Alvin Kamara will probably accidentally win you some games. And if you're hard rebuilding, then that's going to ruin your chances of getting like a top first pick, a top second pick, a top three pick. Right. So if yeah. you're Kamara, then you're almost helping your team out by getting a better draft pick in 2022. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree too. And I think that's how you got to have to grow. And I think if you're hard rebuilding and trying to do that, I think you go after those guys. And I think that's how you kind of rebuild your teams. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now this next question comes from a quote unquote friend and that friend is me. So, um, I will most likely have either the first or second pick in my rebuilding dynasty rookie draft, uh, next year. Um, I am hard pressed at running back. I have quarterbacks, you know, I have Justin Fields. I have Deshaun Watson and I have Zach Wilson. Hopefully Zach Wilson, you know, as long as he starts next year, he's a viable backup for me. As long as Watson plays and fields plays, let's just say that I want to go after a running back, which I know you would not endorse Kevin, but I have cam Akers and JK Dobbins on my IR. 
Um, so I could be good at RB, uh, but if Brees Hall or Isaiah Spiller get drafted to, let's say, the Dolphins or the Falcons or any team that needs an RB, who are you drafting first, Isaiah Spiller or Brees Hall, assuming that both of those running backs go to teams that need him to be their workhorse running back? So you're asking my rankings right now, which is which, which is good. I don't have my rankings anywhere uh, <laughs> yet. Uh, to me personally, I still have Spiller as my running back one, uh, and I and so I have Spiller. Uh, my running back two right now is Brees Hall. Yeah. My running back three is Kyron uh, Williams from Notre Dame, and Kenneth Walker is my running back four. Even though I know Kenneth Walker is everybody's big thing right now to me he's still in that in that tier two uh below those guys i'm a spiller guy so i think he's got quick feet i know he hasn't been used a lot this year because um devin a chain is there and they have been using him a little bit and i actually like that spiller doesn't need to have to carry the load Brees hall has a ton of carries so if you're looking at his usage over the last three seasons in, in, in iowa state right now he has if you want to look at and compare these guys he has 644 rushes already attempts he also has 72 receptions. So when you're looking at the difference between those guys, so that's the number right there. So you have, um, I got to pull it up. But so Brees Hall, 644 attempts already in three seasons. And then if you look at Isaiah Spiller, he has 485 attempts. So he mm-hmm. almost has one less season under his belt than, than Brees based on usage. Mm-hmm. I tend to kind of align myself there. And I will say that Spiller's become a better receiving back out of the backfield. So I actually like Spiller a little bit more for a better dynasty asset. I like that answer. And it also coincides with, you know, how uh, Javante Williams came into the NFL having to share the backfield in college with Michael Carter, which is good because now now his body isn't as banged up, which is your argument for Isaiah Spiller, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's my argument just in terms of use. Like if you're going to split hairs here, uh, but it, obviously it comes down to team, all that kind of stuff, testing and all that kind of stuff. I want to see what the testing looks like for sure. Uh, but overall I'm a big fan of, of both those guys. And I do think that they both are very good. So I, but I would still lean Spiller. Gotcha. Gotcha. Perfect. Perfect, man. Well, those are all, all the right, questions well. we have for today. Unless you have any more, Kevin. I don't have any more. Uh, I think this is a good episode in terms of just, Hey, you know, be ready for, you know, there's a lot of, I will say this, I'm gonna go a little monologue and then we'll, we'll get out of here. But I do see a lot of stuff on, on Twitter and social media talking about, Oh, fantasy is just luck. And while I agree that there is some luck involved, it's a lot more strategy than a lot than what people I think get by on. You have to be very active. You have to make deals. You have to kind of, you have to maneuver things a little bit. It's not just luck. I do know that people get hurt and I know injuries happen. And there are some times where it's like, Hey, I lost acres Dobbins Thomas early in the year and I'm still competing for spots. You hit the waiver wire hard. You try to adjust and adapt. So I will say there's a chance. And yes, it is unlucky at some points when you hit the with injuries. And I understand that. Uh, but there's still more skill involved in, in fantasy than people want to believe. Yes. And luck will always favor the prepared. Am I right? Look at that. That's a teacher quote. That's like, I feel like that's a, that's a teacher <laughs> quote up on the board somewhere. That is, yes, a, that is a teacher quote. Yes. All right. Sir. Well, good. Well, Hey, we appreciate you guys as always. Make sure you get that subscribe button, like button, and we will be back next week. Same time talking about a little bit of dynasty and redraft football.